You are listening to Pandora's Box Radio with Kalia LaRoche. For more information about my products and services, counseling, coaching, hypnotherapy, books, and audios, please visit NarcissismFree.com or PathBackToSelf.com. Hello and welcome to Pandora's Box. This is Kalia. And today, the topic of our podcast is the curse of codependency. In recovery from narcissistic abuse or any other kind of toxic relationship, many of you listening have come to the conclusion that you are codependent. But sometimes it can be difficult to understand exactly what it means to be codependent. Although codependency isn't a personality disorder, it dances very well with personality disorders. And so most aware codependents are also aware of what personality disorders are and how they are affected by them. Ironically, we as codependents often spend a lot more time studying and understanding personality disorders like narcissistic personality disorder and borderline personality disorder than we do our own disorder of codependency. There are some hard truths that we need to look at and understand in order to truly heal. And I want to talk about some of these hard truths today. First of all, the term codependency emerged out of the addiction recovery movement. It evolved from the term co-alcoholic, which was the person who was with the alcoholic, the wife, the husband, or the family member. But it continued to evolve to cover all addictions, and then it settled into its own as a separate unique addictive disorder with its own recovery program right alongside Alcoholics Anonymous, Drug Addicts Anonymous, Sex and Love Addicts Anonymous, and so on. The recovery group for Codependence Anonymous is called CODA, C-O-D-A. And like alcoholism and drug addiction, in the disease model of recovery, codependency is looked upon as a disease. In the recovery movement, the disease suggests there is no cure, only recovery. This means once an alcoholic, always an alcoholic. Most alcoholics can never drink again without relapsing back into their disease. Many people believe the same is true for codependence. Once a codependent, always a codependent. But we can get sober, so to speak, and learn how to have healthier relationships. Still, there is a danger of relapsing. As a teenager, I had an eating disorder, which is also a disease. But it's unique in that you can't quit food, right? Food is necessary for our survival, so instead of going cold turkey like I would if I were an alcoholic, I had to delve into why I was using food or the lack of it to deal with my unbearable emotional state. I had to change my relationship with food. Food in itself isn't toxic. 
if it's good quality food. But we can use food in toxic ways. With codependency, it's a similar issue in that our addiction is really our relationships. Relationships in and of themselves are not bad or toxic, but the way we relate to others, especially our significant others, can be very toxic, especially if we get involved with people who are active addicts or personality disordered. Still, codependents can get involved with perfectly healthy partners and end up being the unhealthy or toxic one in the relationship, depending on what stage of healing that they're in. Just like an eating disorder, a codependent can't quit relationships altogether, but they can quit the toxic relationships that they're in and develop healthier relationships with both themselves and others. Also, like an eating disorder, a codependent would do better to make healthy choices when it comes to food because junk foods and high sugar foods are more addictive and don't have the nutritional value needed to nourish the body. Codependents aren't victims. They do put themselves in situations, however, where they feel extremely victimized. This is because the disorder of codependency causes us to stay in our relationships and try to fix, heal, and change our partners rather than leave the relationship. We develop the belief that if we could just heal the other, we would get the love that we want and need. We feel victimized when our partners continue to treat us badly or abuse substances or abuse us. We might become angry that they're not changing and giving us what we want. Codependency evolves from early childhood when we don't feel that we're loved for just being who we are. The love we receive feels very conditional based on what we do or don't do, rather than who by nature we were born to be. We get a sense that who we are is somehow bad, wrong, or flawed. The core shame underneath codependency is really strong. And in order to compensate, we try to be good and do all the right things. We learn to find our value not in who we are, but how we can please others. If I'm a good little girl, then mommy will love me. If I'm really quiet, daddy won't yell at me. If I pick up my toys when I'm asked, I'll get approval. I need to get good grades. I need to look perfect. I need to be sure everybody's happy with me. I need to take care of people so that they'll like me. I can't upset anyone, etc. As budding codependents, we become quite neurotic. We learn to jump through all these hoops and be who we think we should be in order to get what we want, which is typically love, acceptance, and approval. What is missing in this dynamic is our true self. We abandon who we really are in order to become the person we feel will be most pleasing to others. So we lose ourselves in this dynamic and never truly know who we are. So like the disorders of narcissism, we've abandoned our true self for the false self, the self others will like and approve of, or so we believe. Codependency, like personality disorders, is on a spectrum. 
We can be high-functioning codependents with some healthy traits or so unhealthy that we can barely function. Either way, if we're not in some type of recovery, we're in our disease. You get to choose where you're going to be. If you're actively in your disease, you will continue to find yourself in toxic situations and relationships where you are actively codependent without the awareness of how you are contributing to your own demise. As codependents, we often hide behind titles like empath. And this is because codependents can have a lot of empathy for others. This high level of empathy develops from learning to tune into the feelings and emotions of others so that we know how to navigate difficult waters. In some cases, codependents use their empathy to manipulate others. We need to be really careful not to hide behind titles like empath when we're in recovery from something like narcissistic abuse because we're, we aren't getting the full picture of our own role in the toxic dynamic and we miss the opportunity to truly heal. Instead, we might just say, well, I'm an empath and narcissists are really attracted to empaths due to their lack of empathy, so that makes me a victim. And it's good to have a deep understanding of your own empathic nature, but your issue may very well be codependency, more than an overabundance of empathy. Empaths, as a definition, isn't a disorder. It's a type of personality that's very sensitive and aware. And it becomes unhealthy when it's found within the confines of codependency. Remember that codependents develop the ability to sense and feel what others are feeling so they can maneuver a difficult childhood, knowing when to stay away from an abusive parent, when to speak out, when to be quiet, when to step in and caretake, when to back away. We learn to sense the moods of a parent so we can protect ourselves to some extent. So those high levels of empathy were necessary for our survival. Just like people with personality disorders, as codependents, we grow up with a big void inside of us that we seek to fill. That void is where our true self has disappeared into. It's kind of sucked our true self right in. And it's also where we find an extreme lack of love. And we become driven to fill that void by seeking unconditional love the same unconditional love we needed from that toxic, unavailable, or distracted parent. The problem is that we are unconsciously driven to seek this unconditional love from people who make us feel the way we felt with that toxic, unavailable, or distracted parent. So you can see how this story ends. Codependents live in a lot of emotional pain because they never feel that they get the love they so desperately want and need. They use their superpowers of empathy, caretaking, nurturing, and meeting the needs of others in an attempt to get the love that they want and need. So that same childhood dynamic is repeated over and over, just like in the movie Groundhog's Day. 
When we meet someone that we're attracted to, who's attracted to us, we pour our love into that person, giving them what it is we want and need, hoping that if we just give enough, we will secure a permanent source of love for ourselves. So we're not unconditionally giving, we're giving with the condition or hope of receiving what it is that we need. One of the issues of codependency is that we don't give up easily. We continue to try and extract blood from a turnip. We give and give and give, hoping, even expecting that we're going to get what we are giving in return. But here's the biggest issue with this dynamic. We're choosing partners who are addicted or narcissistic and demanding that they love us. These are the very people who have learned to be takers as a way of surviving their own toxic childhoods. They've learned how to manipulate to get their own needs met, and they take what we so willingly give without giving back. Being a taker is their nature, just as being a giver is in ours. But we need to understand that our giving nature has become toxic to ourselves and others. We may feel altruistic, deeply loving and caring. We may feel victimized by those who take and take from us and never give us what we want or need. We may feel empty and used up from giving and giving until there's nothing left to give. So we need to become aware that there's a very dark side to our giving nature. It isn't really serving us to project all the toxicity onto our narcissistic or addicted partners. We're engaged in the dance too. We've chosen to be there. We've even chosen to stay after the abuse, the betrayals, the affairs, and the invalidation of our worth and value. If there were no codependence in the world, the narcissist wouldn't have a source of supply. In a sense, we are the ones who are energy sources for the narcissist of the world because on some deeply unconscious level, we've chosen to play this role. We have a symbiotic relationship with the narcissist. Both individuals are engaged in a toxic dance with one another. When we grow up in an environment that is chaotic, abusive, neglectful, filled with drama and or intensity, this becomes normal to us. A relationship that doesn't have these elements that we're familiar with may seem boring or meaningless to us. And yet it is these very relationships that don't produce a need to be on high alert that would offer us the most love, acceptance, and sense of well-being. The problem is we don't choose these relationships. We pass them by, we overlook them, and we leave them early. Codependents need to be needed more than they need to be loved. So if they sense that prospective partner needs them, their codependency is activated and they step into their mission of saving, rescuing, caretaking, and pouring their supplies of love into the void of the narcissist or addict. What happens when a codependent meets a healthy, suitable partner who is self-sufficient and doesn't need them 
Well, it doesn't activate them in the same way, so the attraction isn't as strong. That intense chemistry is missing. So when people come to me wanting to heal their pattern of attracting narcissists, they need to understand not why the narcissist is attracted to them, but why they are attracted to the narcissist. What need is this relationship filling? Why are they so intensely attracted to this person? I hear stories all the time how people I work with have had some really nice partners in their life who loved them and treated them well, but they were bored, so they left the relationship. We as codependents don't often realize how hurtful we ourselves might be to normal, healthy partners who truly want a loving relationship with us, but don't offer us all the drama, the intensity, the love bombing, and the -the over-the-top romantic gestures. We may leave perfectly good partners in favor of another narcissistic love bombing dynamic that activates our core wounds and childhood PTSD, because this is normal and familiar to us. We may on some level recognize that our narcissistic partner is as messed up as we are on some level. There might be a sense of safety in getting involved with someone who is emotionally unbalanced, needy, and desperate for love because there's a belief that if that person is so over the top for us and so needy for this relationship, they'll never leave us. There's a false sense of security in these relationships. We don't realize the shallow nature of the love that is offered from the narcissistic person. It feels exciting and intense in the beginning, but soon we find ourselves in another toxic dynamic where we're not getting the love we ourselves so desperately want and need. The only way we'll ever move beyond our own codependent nature is to heal. To truly heal and stay in some kind of recovery program where our focus is on ourselves and our own needs. It's important to recognize that codependents abandon their own needs, wants, and desires in order to tend to the needs of others. So in order to heal, we have to come back home to ourselves. We have to identify our own need for love and find healthy ways of getting our needs met. We have to stop pouring our love into others who don't appreciate or value us and start pouring our love into ourselves. Some may initially feel that this is selfish or even narcissistic, but it's actually necessary for our healing. We need to come home to ourselves. We need to go beneath our caretaking, empathic, healer, giver, pleaser facade and find our true self, the self that was banished to the shadows in early childhood because we didn't feel that who we are by nature was enough or was lovable. We need to stop trying to get love from people who don't have the emotional capacity to give it. We have to stop putting ourselves in harm's way. 
We need to leave our toxic relationships where we're being abused, neglected, demeaned, devalued, betrayed, and cheated on so that we can create a healing environment for ourselves and the abandoned, neglected child within. We need to face our own addictions to toxic partners and find comfort and safety in relationships where our basic need for love, kindness, acceptance, and respect are met. And this doesn't happen overnight. It's a journey. This is the journey that is the only path really worth taking. It's our recovery. It's the only way we will ever truly find health and happiness. As long as we stay in our addiction, going back to the same toxic partner or finding new toxic partners, we will never heal and we're always going to be in this deep pain. If you want to get out of pain and find your way back to yourself, to health and healing, you need to be willing to take the leap and get into recovery. So this means reading books on codependency, focusing on healing from codependency, joining CODA groups. You can go to CODA.org, uh, C-O-D-A.org, and it will lead you to codependency recovery groups in your area and also um, online groups, Zoom groups, things like that if you prefer. Therapy also, different types of therapy is needed for that self-reflection to help identify those parts of yourself that are getting you into trouble. So there needs to be a commitment to your own recovery. If you try to just do this on your own, you may not be successful without the help. It's kind of like the alcoholic who just decides to stop drinking. It's much more difficult to do that without the support network of a 12-step program. So I invite you to take the path back to self. You will be glad that you did. And if you need help and support on your journey, this is what I've been doing for the past 20 years, helping myself and others on this journey of recovery to find the greatest love of all, the love we find within ourselves. You can find out more about me and my work at NarcissismFree.com or PathBackToSelf.com. Have a great day, and I'll see you in the next podcast.